0: Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost for the last episode that fully covers 2023. It's, uh, I can't believe the year's almost over. I want to let you know about kind of some subtle shifts to the podcast, like super subtle. Don't freak out. But what we're going to do is next week on the 31st of December, we're going to drop... The New Year's episode, which is basically like I've been doing this for several years in a row. I drop uh, the astrology of the year ahead, give you a bit of an overview of what to expect and to be aware of the energies coming your way. That's going to drop on December 31st. On January 1st or January 2nd, probably January 1st, you will get your weekly horoscope as you would typically get on the Sunday. But you're probably going to get it on the Monday. Don't worry Nothing astrologically is happening on uh, the 31st that you need to be aware of. But I just want to give you that heads up. And that will take place of my regular midweek episode. So you're not going to get a reading in the first week of January from me, but you know it'll, it'll come back soon. If you missed last week's reading, episode 387, it was a really tender and emotional and vulnerable reading that you know i put a content warning on which i've never actually done before but i i put a content warning on it because it is a sensitive topic where a listener wrote in wrote in because he was having a really hard time aligning with his values in regards to what's happening in palestine and israel and we talked about the complexity of having empathy for people in really uh, violent and complicated situations and how to hold empathy in, in really painful situations where the drive for punishment or judgment comes up. And it was it's just a very, I think, an important conversation in these times. And so if that's something that you feel interested in, if that's something that you know resonates with what you're, you're thinking about or dealing with in, in your life or in your world, um, it might be an episode for you to check out. And you know, it might not. The other thing I'm going to put out there is on the 30th of December at 11 a.m., I'm doing a live class on the astrology of 2024. And so, again, I'm going to break down and explain what's coming. But I'm co-facilitating this class with Ana Barrio, who is a gemstone specialist. And so you will be able to learn about what are the best crystal allies to work with and align with based on the energies we're going to be dealing with. It's called Constellations and Crystals, Tools for 2024. It's a class you are not going to want to miss. And if you, like, can't make it, don't worry, because if you purchase a ticket, you will get the replay emailed to you, usually the same day, but within a few days at the very least. I mean, Mercury is retrograde, right? So we do our best. I really do hope you'll join me there. I love talking about astrology, of course. I mean, could a more obvious statement be made? But I also really have a deep love of gemstones and crystals. I work with them a great deal in my life and in my practice. So both personally and professionally, crystals come from this planet that we live on. And as we work with astrology, we are working with planetary energies. And gemstones are literally planetary energies. They're this planet's energies. And it's so powerful to be aware of and connected to the myriad of energies that are inherent to this planet, the one that we live on, the one that we learn on, the one that we, that we exist on. So I'm all to say very excited to uh, have this offering. Tickets are available on a sliding scale. You can find the link to register in the episode description and on my website, ghostofapodcast.com. All right, now let's get to your horoscope. This week, we have a lot going on, including, but not limited to, the last full moon of 2023. So we're going to get right on into it. So we're looking at the astrology of December 24th through the 30th of 2023. The first transit we need to be looking at happens on the 24th, and it is a sun sextile to saturn it's happening with the sun at 2 degrees and 38 minutes of capricorn and saturn at 2 degrees of pisces and 38 minutes this transit is exact at 9:28 a.m. pacific time this transit is lovely the sun is our energy right it's like your psychological and your physical energy and saturn is reality it's it's the things we got to do and so what this transit does is it stabilizes the identity it stabilizes the sense of self it can give you kind of consistent reliable energy i mean the transit only lasts a couple of days it's not going to change your whole entire life but it is a excellent transit for cultivating greater patience resiliency clarity about your intention and your plans right? It's like getting shit done. Now, I know that a lot of people are with their families around this date. And the thing about this transit is that it can strengthen our willingness and ability to learn from elders, to work well within systems or hierarchies. And so, you know, maybe this could help with family dynamics, which I know a lot of people have a lot of trouble with. But the most important thing to know about this sun sextile to Saturn is that it stabilizes our Willingness and ability to engage in respectful conduct. And that is a lovely thing. You know, and it's important to remember and recognize that when we respect other people, it doesn't mean that they're going to be respectful towards us. But if we're disrespectful towards other people, it kind of guarantees that they're most likely to be disrespectful towards us. So all you can do is keep your own side of the road clean, have healthy boundaries when you need them, how you need them. But Show up, behaving in ways that reflect your ethics, your values, your convictions, and then, if and when you need them, throw up them boundaries. Sun sextile to Saturn, very supportive for that. Now that brings us to December twenty fifth. On this day, at nine fifteen a.m. Pacific time, we have an exact trine between Venus and Scorpio and Neptune in Pisces. Both of these planets are at twenty five degrees exactly, twenty five degrees zero minutes. Venus trine to Neptune is a lovely transit. It increases our empathy, our generosity, our willingness and ability to perceive things from other people's perspective, to show them some grace, to show ourselves some grace, to act in ways that reflect our values, and to do so you know, without demanding that other people share our values. Now, that said, this transit is, I would say, kind of the opposite of assertive it's not an assertive transit. It can, even though it is such a lovely transit, it can incline us to avoid conflict and confrontation, which is not inherently a good thing. It's not inherently a bad thing. It's a thing to be mindful of. Because confrontation is needed often, right? Like we we often need to just be direct. And this transit, eh, not so good for that. Sun sextile to Saturn overlaps with it. So you know, that, that gives us a little support in that way. What this transit really wants us to do is unbutton that top button of your tight, tight pants, uh, eat all the foods, recline, relax, chill the fuck out. It is good for relaxation in all of its myriad of forms. It's also good for love in general. So, whether that's romantic love or familial love, it is good for experiencing, receiving, and giving love. So fabulous. Enjoy it if you can. And in particular, tap into the energies because the energies are empathetic, generous, humanitarian, sensitive, and kind. I can't think of better energies to point you towards. On a much more kind of like material level, if you end up like watching TV all day, it wouldn't be the worst thing. It's just one of those transits that can incline us to not do much. But With the intensity of what is happening in the world, you may need a day like this. And if you do, this is the day to tap into that. Now, on a more social and political level, this transit does concern us with the welfare of others, with humanitarian issues. Again, if you are willing to be direct and if you are willing to listen as much as you speak, this is actually a very effective time to talk to family members about things that matter to you. Talk to friends about things that that you think are important in the world and to engage in heartfelt activism driven by the power and strength of love. That's what Venus trying to Neptune is all about. And that brings us, my loves, to the 26th. On the 26th, we have two exact transits. The first one happens at exactly 4.33 p.m. Pacific time, And it is a full moon in Cancer. We have the sun and moon at four degrees and 58 minutes. The moon is in Cancer. The sun is in Capricorn. And we know this because full moons always occur when the sun and moon are exactly opposite to each other. And what they signify and the reason why they're so noticeable to so many people, even people who don't really fuck with astrology, is because the emotions that we so often push down as a way to kind of get through life and get through our days, all of a sudden demand to be dealt with. They demand to be felt. That's what happens during a full moon. And the moon is the ruling planet to the zodiac sign of cancer. So when we have that one time of the year, when we have a full moon in cancer, it is always super freaking emo. So I'm going to talk to you about the chart of the full moon in just a moment, but I want to acknowledge that at 1143 p.m. Pacific time, we have an exact square between Mercury retrograde and Neptune. And let me tell you something. Mercury retrograde square to Neptune is just like as smooshy and mushy and convoluted as you can get. In regards to Mercury retrograde vibes, it really just completely confuses and muddles communication, our thinking, our ability to really listen to what's being said and what we say, how we say it, our writing, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to be feeling this transit of Mercury retrograde square to Neptune throughout the week. So let me just give you a few more words about this Mercury square to Neptune transit. Mercury retrograde already kind of muddles our thinking and our communication. But when it forms a square to Neptune, what happens is it's hard to stay focused. We have a tendency to feel particularly anxious because the things that are out of our control, the things that we don't understand, the things that feel confusing to us become heightened. They feel more important. We're more aware of them. And so, you know, depending on your nature, you may get really rigid or you may get really exhausted or you may get really insecure. Most people have a strong survival mechanism response to anxiety. This further muddles how communication goes and it further muddles how communication goes because we are... Not really listening to other people when we're fixated on our own anxiety or when we're kind of like checked out, disassociated, or compartmentalizing. Like these states don't promote being present. And when you're not present, how can you properly communicate with others? How can you properly listen? This transit, unfortunately, can intensify our drive to find simple, easy answers because Neptune sparks anxiety and ambiguity it makes us gullible and it makes us more uh, vulnerable to cults and propaganda and and the reason why is because we feel so overwhelmed by ambiguity and uncertainty that what we desperately want is for somebody with a steady hand to come around and tell us exactly what things are and how to fix them to give us simple easy answers it's really important that we are on the lookout for our own tendencies in that direction anyone who's selling you a magic bean to fix all your problems yeah, be a little, you know, suspicious. Wait for the transit to pass. Let's add to that the fact that this is a full moon. And as I said, the last full moon of the year. So it's bringing up not just the emotions and complexities of what we've been dealing with recently, but because it's the end of the year, it's in most of our heads to be feeling into what's been up throughout the year. Now, a full moon in Cancer always triggers our feelings of belonging, whether that's to our family of origin, our chosen family, our community, um, within a partnership, and within that, it can kick up feelings of loneliness. Because the sun is in Capricorn, a full moon in Cancer really has us asking these questions about, like, what am I meant to do? What actions are required of me to be loved? To prove to others that I do love them, to have a place within my family, whatever that is, right? Whether we're talking about like traditional family or a community, right? And this tension is uncomfortable. It's not an easy transit, but it's super emotional. So one thing I want to encourage you to do this full moon in cancer is your best to create space to have a lot of overwhelming feelings and to not try to pin them down or understand them. Which means don't process with other people until you have greater clarity. The caveat I would say to that is like, you know, if you're having struggle with your partner, you might want to process it with your bestie. But don't process it with your partner until you have a little more clarity. This full moon is messy, messy, messy not only do we have an exact square between Mercury and Neptune, but Mars is conjunct Mercury, which makes us more reactive, more defensive, quick to assumptions, quick to action. And Mars is also square, not exact, to Neptune. That transit tends to make us feel victimized, like we have been somehow wronged. And while that may or may not be the case, These transits are associated with anxiety. So we're having anxiety responses. Now, in regards to the world, you know, we may see really deeply disturbing things, unfortunately, because Neptune square to Mars is a transit that can be associated with violence, Mars, in the name of some sort of puritanical religious idea, right? And when I say puritanical, like ethnic cleansing is a puritanical ideal. It's A violent, disgusting one, but it is one, right? And so we may see more men with power abusing that power. And I don't just mean men. We're talking about Mars, though. So we're talking about male energy. You know, we really do want to be uh, mindful about what's happening in the world and to show up in whatever ways that we can to be agents of peace and to act in ways that reflect our ideals and our values. And to not just tear things down, but to participate in co-creating circumstances or a world that is better than the one we have. This is not something we're going to just do this afternoon. But this is a, a mindset, and and part of why I name this. And you know, you could have different values than me. I, I'll hold space for that. But the reason why I name this is because Neptune is all about our ideals. When we're dealing with Neptunian energy, it is important to know. That we must be able to visualize. So Jupiter and Neptune are the two planets associated with visualization, and this is not about you know ocular, um, our ocular sense. It is about being able to picture how things could be, having that picture, having that vision for a future that is more humane, more just, more kind, more empathetic. That is required as a, one of the many foundational steps to getting there right and so while neptune can can spark a great deal of anxiety and uncertainty and panic it is also the planet that generates our kind of will and ability to envision something better and something more humane so this full moon i want to just ground you into a couple things here the first one is be direct in your communication and your dealings with other people. okay. I cannot say this emphatically enough. Be direct. Keep it simple. Do not get super complicated. If you are not a person who can communicate really directly with others, if you tend to like add tons more context and words than is strictly necessary, if you're somebody who has a tendency to act or speak defensively, um, I'm going to tell you less is more. I'm going to tell you less is more this full moon because these transits make everyone defensive. And so the less convoluted things are, uh, the easier it will be for other people to respond to you in better ways. That said we do have really supportive transits in this full moon chart as well. We've got Jupiter forming a trine to the sun and a sextile to the moon. We've got Venus still forming a trine to Neptune. And we have Pluto forming a sextile to Venus. And what all of this means is that there is stabilizing energy for how we relate to others. And again, relating to others is both... Kind of what we say, how we say it, what we do, how we do it, but it's also how we listen, how receptive we are to our own thoughts and feelings, but also to the thoughts, feelings and actions of others. So this full moon brings with it a lot of support and a lot of challenges. So if you were somebody who's looking to do a big ritual, this full moon, being that it is the last full moon of the year, I would first of all strongly suggest you do not do it with any kind of spiritual facilitators at all, because Neptune is so active in this chart. It's not necessary in any way, and it can be a little dangerous. But the other thing is, I would encourage you if you were doing any kind of ritual to keep it. Broad and general, because if we try to get too specific, then we are fighting the energies of the Neptune square to Mercury and Mars. It's not a time for specificity. It's a time for emotionality. It's a time for being in a state of receptivity with healthy boundaries and doing those things as an act of love, as an act of love for ourselves and others. It is a fucking full moon in Cancer. And so the ways that we feel that are not really healthy or honest, they're going to come up and they're going to feel all junked up. And that sun and Capricorn opposition is going to make us want to do something about it. But Neptune is telling us really clearly, this is not the time to do. This is the time to be. Because of Neptune's presence, things are not inherently as they seem, right? We cannot go for clarity. It's. I mean, we can. It's just a bad goal. Clarity is a bad goal. What we want to do is to, again, be open to explore, to be open to receive whatever we receive without trying to be conclusive about it. This is meant to be a really emotional time. So allow yourself to feel your emotions. Now, that brings us to the 27th of December. And on that day, we have two exact transits. At 7.28 a.m. Pacific Time, we have a sun trine to Jupiter. This occurs at 5 degrees and 36 minutes with the sun in Capricorn and Jupiter in Taurus. And I should say, if you are somebody who really likes to track the transits exactly when they're happening in your time zone, then you can always subscribe to my Astrologer's Pro Tool called Astrology for Days. It's at astrologyfordays.com. And it's simply a transit tracker with room for you to take notes. This is what I use for all my delineations. And personally, I use this app every damn day. And you know, if you're an astrologer or an astrology student, you may too. So The other exact transit that's happening that day is a Mercury conjunction to Mars. This is exact at 4.31 p.m. And it's happening at 24 degrees and 22 minutes of Sagittarius. Okay, so, okay, Sun trine to Jupiter, lovely transit. I mean, it makes us feel resilient. It's good for basically just like a boost in your mental and or physical health, which is really lovely. Jupiter is expansive. It's all about growth. People associate it with luck. I don't as much, but it absolutely can bring a good fortune. And the sun is, again, your sense of self. It's your your vitality. And so this transit makes people feel better, which makes them act nicer, which makes good things happen. Lovely, right? So if this transit is hitting anything in your birth chart specifically, uh, you're more likely to get benefits from it. But it's a lovely transit the kicker is, it's happening at the same time as the Mercury conjunction to Mars. And as I mentioned in the context of the full moon chart, this transit is uh, not great. And the reason why it's not great is because Mercury is your mind, it's your thinking, it's your attitudes, it's what you say, it's how you listen. And Mars is fucking combative, right? Mars is combative. And so what this transit does is it makes us feel defensive, quick to assumptions, And combative. Now, it's not all bad. Like, depending on your nature and how this hits your birth chart, this transit can help you to be more decisive, to be uh, a little bit braver, to say what needs to be said, to take a stand, to make a decision, make a choice, to put yourself out there. This can be anywhere from, like, you know, making decisions in in your life on any topic to, uh, I don't know, like flirting with people. Or, like, you know, finally reaching out to that person that you secretly want to be friends with, but you've been too shy to do it, or whatever. So, this transit has its benefits for sure. And in the context of the sun trying to Jupiter, you know, maybe we're more likely to feel the benefits. But we are still very much dealing with the energies of both Mercury and Mars square to Neptune, which again, I want to remind you, increases our anxiety. So, what happens when you're both quick to react or respond, and anxious. Eh, Not always the best things, right? And so you want to keep this in mind, not just about yourself, but about other people. People are going to have a hard time with this uh, mixture of energy because it's super emotional, super anxiety provoking, and it's kind of like hot under the collar all at once. So pick your battles wisely. Guard your energy. And I don't mean guard your energy by putting your head in the sand because self care and community care are interconnected. They're interwoven, right? So I'm not talking about putting your head in the sand, but I'm talking about having healthy and appropriate boundaries for yourself and your situation at this time. That's on you to determine. It's great when other people respect our boundaries. I fucking love it. However, it is our individual task to identify, name, and protect our boundaries. And this week is going to challenge us around that for sure. But back to this Mercury conjunction to Mars, this transit can make us feel really defensive, right? Because Mars is combative. So I'm going to advise you to wait before responding. Do not respond instantly whether you think it's good or bad, the jokes you tell, you know the offhand comments you make may land real weird this week, and especially on and around this date. But all week, they may land real weird and you don't know what the other person's mood is when you drop your offhand comments or your jokes or your you know maybe a playful barb. all these things are not gonna land well this week. Unfortunately, this transit can coincide with conflicts arguments, rude dude behaviors. Right. And because Mercury governs your bicycle and Mars governs your car, I want to encourage you to be exceptionally careful on the road, whether you're riding a bike, driving a car or a pedestrian. People are going to be rude. Try not to be a jerk to yourself. You know, try to not be mean to yourself because you don't deserve it, because it's not helpful. And also because when you're doing that towards yourself, it's going to leak out to other people. The other thing is when people are uh, commenting on the Internet, when people are in their cars, you know, which is technically both of these things are very public, but they feel in the moment kind of private. You know, that's when we tend to be a little less intentional and careful. Not everyone, but a lot of people. And so, again, pick your battles wisely if people are being a dick to you or around you. Like you don't need to engage with everything, especially if it's not helpful. If you yourself are finding yourself like dealing with road rage or just getting really fucking activated and agitated online, do what you need to do to take care of your own energy, to steward your own energy so that you act in ways that reflect your will and not just your ego. Not to shit on the ego. The ego has a lot of value. It has a lot of use. But, uh, you know, this could be a time where you, me and everyone else is acting out in ways that really just don't help. A good use of this energy, if you are somebody who likes taking walks or taking runs, basically, like you want to sweat this energy off. So whether that's, you know, through sex, through play, through consensual competition, you know, not not talking about like picking fights with people. I'm talking about like meeting up with your sports team or whatever. Uh, these things can be helpful. You know, singing, like belting it out, that can be a good release of energy because Mercury is related to the voice and Mars is is power. It's, it's got pow to it. It's got a punch to it. If you are somebody who engages in the kind of activism that is like letter writing and phone calls to elected officials, this is a great time to get involved in that. It's a great time to have your voice heard. And also, if you've been looking for a time to get involved and to start doing that by using things like ResistBot or Five Calls or just doing it of your own volition, a conjunction transit is a great time to start things. So Mercury conjunct Mars is a great time to start. Um, And this can be like a part of your new year, new you package. And that, my friends, brings us to the 28th of December. And on this date, we have two exact transits. That's right. Not one, but two. At 2.16 p.m. uh, Pacific time, Mars forms an exact square to Neptune. So I've already touched on this transit because it's been active all week and uh, very active in the, the full moon chart but also we have a Venus sextile to Pluto, which again, I referenced in the full moon chart. This one's exact at 10.01 PM. Now the Mars square to Neptune is with Mars at 25 degrees and two minutes of Sagittarius and Neptune at 25 degrees of Pisces. We've got Venus at 29 degrees of Scorpio and 16 minutes and Pluto at the same degrees of Capricorn. So nice erratic energies. Now, I'm going to actually start with the transit that is exact a little later in the day, the Venus sextile to Pluto. And that's because this transit is really lovely, uh, but maybe not super competitive with the Mars square to Neptune. Venus sextile to Pluto is a transit that deepens our capacity for love, for feeling it, for giving it to others. It intensifies our feelings in general. And so this can be a time where you feel really strongly about the loves in your life. You feel really strongly about your desire to go deeper or to have a meaningful connection with the people that you care about. This can be a great time for flirting and hooking up. This can be a great time for uh, sharing your feelings with other people. That is mitigated by the Mars squared and Neptune again. But this is just a nice, romantic, tender, loving Transit. It's a powerful time for artists or people who are meaningfully touched by art. So that may be somebody who's like super into music. You may just like really have a moment with your favorite record or whatever. The real upshot is that art and love can have a transformative effect on you. And your relationships, as well as how you engage with the world. Venus is what we value, it's who we value and how we hold and express that value. And Pluto is transformation. And when there's a sextile between these two forces, it can really be a time where things come together in a deep and meaningful way in regards to our finances, our values, our relationships, love, like a little bit of lust. But we have to consider the Mars squared and Neptune because this freaking transit. So Mars squared and Neptune is the opposite of sexy for most people, most of the time. Mars governs sex. It's our bodies. But Neptune is like, poof, it's just, it's not material. And so because Mars squared and Neptune is active at the same time as the Venus sextile to Pluto, it can increase our fantasy life and any tendency you have to idealize others but it doesn't tend to show up materially. So it's not a great time for hooking up or meeting new people. It's not a great time for feeling super in your body. Neptune has an undermining effect upon Mars because Mars is all about the ego and competition and aggression and assertion. And it's our competitive urge. And Neptune is not about competition at all. It's not about the body at all. It's about what's in the ethers. It's our our spirit. And the concept that we are all interconnected, we are all one, and that competition does not serve the whole. So when these two planets are in a conflictual relationship, like a square to each other, we can feel lots of different ways. They tend to all be challenging. So on and around this date, but certainly throughout the week, you may be feeling just exhausted, just tired, right? Like you don't have enough energy to get shit done. Uh, You feel literally just tapped. You may be having poor sleep or you may be sleeping extra, 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 depending on your nature and how this hits your chart. This transit can have you feeling easily defeated or discouraged, hopeless and helpless. And that may or may not be the case that there's nothing you can do. But I can tell you that that's what the transit makes us feel. And so there's a real risk of that defensiveness of Mercury and Mars being so close to each other in Sagittarius paired with this feeling of like, there's nothing I can do. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter how I participate. Nothing is going to get better. What I'm describing is burnout. What I'm describing is like true demoralization. This transit requires that we handle that. And so how do you handle it? It may be that you just need to fucking rest. You just need rest. You need to give your body some time to recover and recalibrate or your spirit because it's Neptune and Mars. You may need support. You may need to reach out to people who you can really be yourself with. But the the thing you want to avoid doing here is getting petty and getting mean towards yourself or others as a way to cope with feeling helpless and hopeless. Okay. Now, When we're experiencing burnout, we often need healthier boundaries. We need to do the things that we know we need to do to be healthy in our systems, right? I say that because I know as well as you do that we all have like a long list of things that are the best thing we could do for our wellness, but we're not actively doing them all the time, sometimes for really good reasons, sometimes for weaker reasons. But this is the time to have healthy boundaries, to put into practice Right? To, to put into action, that's Mars, your self care behaviors. Again, remembering that self care is sometimes really just about you. It's about like drinking water, taking a nap, putting away your devices. And sometimes self care is about engaging with your community, engaging with the world, being a part of things. It's not an either or, it's an and also. And it might be one of those things today and also something else next week. Give yourself. The grace of being a complex human in a body with finite energy. You're allowed to have finite energy. Work with your energy, your body, your spirit, your circumstances, and work with those things with empathy and grace so that you can sustain whatever it is you want to do in your life with your life. And again, this transit can make us feel like we're not doing enough and all this kind of stuff, but. The more empathetic and kind you are able to be towards yourself, the easier this will go, right? The easier this will go. With Neptune, there's always a risk that we put our head in the sand, that we get into some sort of like entitlement based on, uh, you know, a drive to disassociate from hard things. But this energy can be harnessed in more intentional and empathetic ways. Squares from Mercury and Mars to Neptune you know, they're not great for transmissible things because Neptune is related to the immune system. And when we're dealing with hard aspects to or from Neptune, we tend to have more uh, vulnerability in the immune system. Again, whenever we're dealing with Neptune, there is the need for boundaries. So what's a mask if not a boundary? A barrier. So I do want to encourage you uh, if you're traveling or spending lots of time indoors uh, with groups of people to mask up if you're feeling at all sick or if you're around people who have vulnerable immune systems. So, you know, this Mars squared to Neptune transit is certainly a time where you want to be protecting yourself, but also thinking about people who have immune-compromised systems, even if you yourself are not one of those people. Now, one last thing I'll say about this transit, it can trigger a little bit of paranoia. And so if you find yourself this week, and certainly on and around the 28th, feeling paranoid, feeling anxiety in your body, which can really like kind of land in lots of different ways, but if you're feeling like a Physical, visceral anxiety. I want to say that's the transit. Do your best to not react too uh, quickly to that, but instead to sit with it and to figure out if you can, how you can fortify your system, how you can strengthen and nurture your system before you make determinations about what's actually happening and the best way to handle it. When we're dealing with challenging transits to or from Neptune, as we are all week this week what we want to be doing is thinking about fortifying nurturing boundaries right these are all just different versions of the same thing because when we run ourselves too ragged and we don't have enough energy to do the things that actually matter to us if we don't have enough energy to manage our own self-care then it's really hard to show up with and for others and that has its own cascade of consequences right so center some self protection, some patience, some caution and care this week in how you relate to your own system, your you know, your body, your mind, how you relate to others and how you engage in the world. And that's this week's horoscope. Hey, listen, if you want to have your question answered, if you want a reading with me, there's only one way to do that, and that's writing me a question for the podcast through the contact form on my Website over at ghostofapodcast.com. Now I'm going to run through the transits one more time. On the 24th, we have an exact sextile between the sun and Saturn. On the 25th, Venus forms an exact trine to Neptune. On the 26th, we have a full moon in Cancer at 4.33 p.m. Pacific time. It is going to kick up a lot of feelings, including grief, including love. It's going to be a big emotional event. And on that same day, we have an exact square between Mercury retrograde and Neptune. On the 27th, the Sun forms an exact trine to Jupiter, and Mercury retrograde forms an exact conjunction to Mars. And then finally, on the 28th, Mars forms a square to Neptune, and Venus forms a square to Pluto. This has been a big year, both in our personal and collective conditions. There is a lot to have a lot of big emotions about. And we have a full moon this week. So I want to gently remind you that beginnings and endings are one and the same. Our emotional perspective on a beginning versus an ending is radically different. But ultimately, all beginnings are endings, and all endings are beginnings. And as we have entered into the very end of this calendar year, we are likewise, at the same time, stepping into a new one with so much potential. This is a meaningful time to allow yourself to have your feelings, to feel your feelings, to leave room for them so that you do not bring your flotsam and jetsam with you to 2024. Allow yourself to feel what you feel, even if it's grief, even if it's rage, even if it's resentments. Feel your feelings. Allow yourself to have your feelings process through your feelings so that your feelings reflect your best parts instead of your most defensive, insecure, or scared parts. Because as you do that, you become more emotionally present. You become more emotionally mature and reliable. And that doesn't only improve your own wellness. It improves your relationships, your relationships to everything and everyone. The more of us who are doing this, the healthier our communities and societies become. And that is really fucking valuable. Don't seek perfection. Seek the path. All right, my loves. I hope you take really good care of yourself and others this week and every week. And I will talk to you in just a couple of days. Bye-bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here.